is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the U.S. attorney has charged a Pensacola man with taking part in the coup at the Capitol. 25-year-old Tristan Chandler Stevens was arrested Friday. His next court hearing is Wednesday. The number of COVID deaths reported by the state was down Sunday, at least compared to the rest of the week, but it's still in triple digits. 1,207 fatalities were reported over the past week. There have only been three other weeks during the pandemic where our weekly death toll exceeded 1,200. The Super Bowl in Tampa is history, but the state agriculture commissioner had the chance to talk about feeding hungry kids in the Sunshine State. Nikki Fried was part of a virtual event on game day called Taste of the NFL. You know, we've got 3 million people in the state of Florida that are food insecure, and typically it was 850,000 of our kids. We know that that has unfortunately skyrocketed during this pandemic. Today on Sunrise In Depth, you'll hear from Marjorie Taylor Greene and two South Florida lawmakers who led the drive to strip the Georgia congressman of her committee assignments. Congresswoman Greene's past support and present reaffirmation for violence, intimidation, lies, and racism is dangerous. It is exactly the kind of conduct that helps fuel domestic terrorism. Conspiracy theories and hate are malignant. They do not fade away. We must stand up to them and say enough. We'll also have your calendar of political events and then wrap up the show with stories of a Florida woman charged with having a three-year affair with a student that began in middle school and a 75-year-old Florida man charged with exposing himself in New Hampshire. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, February 8th. On this date in 1587, Mary, Queen of Scots, was beheaded after being convicted of plotting to assassinate Elizabeth I. In 1965, President Johnson deployed U.S. combat troops to South Vietnam. 3,500 Marines were sent to protect the U.S. airbase near Da Nang. In 1974, Ringo Starr released the single You're 16, which in hindsight is one of the creepiest songs to make the Billboard charts. This is National Boy Scout Day. They were incorporated on this date in 1910. And it's National Kite Flying Day, which makes this the perfect time to tell someone to go fly a kite. The Department of Health reported 6,624 new cases of COVID-19 Sunday and 103 additional fatalities. It's the 40th day in a row that the daily death toll hit triple digits. And the statewide death toll has now reached 28,161. Florida has had 1,778,000 confirmed cases since the start of the pandemic. And the health department reported 1,217 fatalities over the past week. That's more than the totals from the past two weeks. And it's only the fourth time the state has reported more than 1,200 deaths in a single week since the crisis began. There are, however, a couple of hopeful signs. COVID testing positivity rates declined last week and vaccinations are increasing. More than 1.3 million Floridians have received their first shot. 668,000 have received their final shot. A Pensacola man is busted for his alleged role in the siege of the U.S. Capitol a month ago. 25-year-old Tristan Chandler Stevens is charged with forcibly assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers or employees, knowingly entering a restricted building without lawful authority, violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds, and disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building. The U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Florida says law enforcement authorities will continue to apply every possible resource to identify, prosecute, and punish anyone who participated in what he calls anarchistic criminality. Stevens' case will be prosecuted by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia. His detention hearing is scheduled for Wednesday at the federal courthouse in Pensacola. One of the seemingly endless pregame events at Super Bowl 55 was Taste of the NFL, and Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Free joined the virtual event to talk about fighting hunger in the Sunshine State. 
And this is something that has been a, a pivotal part of my entire commissioner responsibilities is targeting a lot of our, our youth when regards to food insecurity. Uh, we have one in the four of our children in the United States are food insecure. And unfortunately, Florida is one of the largest, uh, if not the largest in the entire country. Uh, and we know that our children can't succeed. They can't be productive in the school system. They can't uh, be productive members of our society without having fresh, healthy and nutritional food. As bad as the numbers were before COVID, Freed says they've gotten worse over the past year. But she says people all over the state have picked up the slack to make sure kids were fed after schools were closed. You know, in, in one respect, it's been hard to watch. Uh, we know that, unfortunately, uh, so many parents who've lost their jobs and are needing a little bit extra help, and that trickles down to their kids. And so while we know that, typically speaking, uh, you know, we've got 3 million people in the state of Florida that are food insecure, and typically it was 80, 850,000 of our kids, we know that that has unfortunately skyrocketed during this pandemic. But we also saw everybody in our state step up to the plate um, from our school districts, who we worked with immediately once we heard that schools were going to be closed to get their summer break spots programs up and running and make sure that not a single child during the, that during COVID was going to go hungry. Uh, and we've really been very instrumental every step along the way. So our school district stepped up, our food bank stepped up. Um, we oversee the one the, the entire program, and that's about a $1.3 billion industry. And we serve about 286 million meals every single year uh, to roughly about 300, 3 million of our, of our kids and those are that are on free and reduced meals. Uh, you know, the fact is that so many of our kids come to school and that's the only meal that they have access to. When they come home, even it's processed food or it's frozen food. So being able to have partnerships um, across the entire state and with our school districts to really step up these programs and to make sure that we are providing this nutritional benefit to our kids, uh, it has been paramount. And unfortunately, we also seeing, you know, a lot of our black and Hispanic families suffer food insecurity uh, worse and almost double the rate of so many of our white households here in the state. Uh, so we have programs also, our, our farm to school program, uh, which connects our local farmers with K through 12 kids uh, into those programs, which creates $144 million of economic impact here into our state. Uh, so this really is a partnership. So I think the silver lining in some of this pandemic is that more and more people are buying local or getting involved in, in the local agriculture industry or wanting to buy fresh from Florida produce and Florida grown produce in the food stores and being able to link that with our children and showing them how important it is to eat nutritional meals uh, has been a, a staple of my administration. And despite the gloom and doom during the pandemic, Commissioner Freed says there have been moments of hope and inspiration. You know, I've seen inspiration every single day, you know, talking to our farmers who we suffered a $500 million deficit last year um, because of the closing of so many of our uh, food store, all of our food service industries between our restaurants, uh, our schools, our theme parks, our cruise line industry. But what agriculture did is they recognized that they have a responsibility to still feed our, our families. Uh, so they all donated significant amount of food to our schools, uh, to our food banks, and it really became a community involvement uh, that people wanted to be involved, people wanted to be engaged. And so what I've said that there's a consumer conscious awakening that has even happened during this pandemic, that more and more people are wanting to get their fresh produce from their local farmers and teach the next generation uh, how to farm.
This year's virtual event also featured appearances by celebrity chefs and tips for staying healthy and active from Florida dairy farmers. But why did Commissioner Freed get this sort of platform on the Super Bowl pregame? Well, the short answer is pay to play. Taste of the NFL is sponsored in part by the Fresh from Florida program, which is administered by her agency. And today on Sunrise In Depth, the revenge of the Parkland parents. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the newly elected representative from the 14th Congressional District in Georgia, has been stripped of her committee assignments by the House of Representatives, and one reason for that vote is her suggestion that the massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School three years ago this month was a government hoax to undermine gun rights. Congressman Ted Deutsch is chairman of the Ethics Committee in the House. His district includes Parkland. Congressman Greene of Georgia has a long history of amplifying dangerous conspiracy theories online and threatening violent, racist, Islamophobic, and anti-Semitic conduct. Congresswoman has said that American citizens who practiced Islam, quote, do not belong in our government and they should stay in their country. Mr. Speaker, this is their country and it is their government as much as any Americans. Ms. Green has trafficked in dangerous anti-Semitic lies about the Rothschild family, George Soros, Zionist supremacists, and secret Jewish plots. Well, over millennia, because of baseless, ugly lies, millions of Jews have been hated, targeted, expelled from their countries, violently attacked, killed, and exterminated because words lead to action and death. Ms. Green claimed the mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut that killed 26 people, including 26 and seven-year-old kids, was staged. She claimed the Las Vegas shooting that killed 60 people and injured over 800 was an orchestrated attempt to weaken gun rights, and she claimed the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School was a false flag event and called the survivors crisis actors. Mr. Speaker, the 17 people who never came home from school in Parkland on February 14th 2018 were my constituents. Their family's pain is real, and it is felt every single day. These vicious lies deny the deaths of our murdered children and bring death threats and constant harassment to our doors and our surviving children. In 2019, Ms. Green created a White House petition to impeach Speaker Pelosi for treason, emphasizing that it is punishable by death. And she liked a Facebook comment stating that, and I quote, a bullet to the head would be a quicker way to remove Speaker Nancy Pelosi. In a video statement from December 31st, 2018, Ms. Green called on her followers to storm Washington, D.C. in what sounds today like a prescient forecast of last month's deadly insurrection. Flood the Capitol, flood all the government buildings, go inside. We can end it, we can do it peacefully, we can. I hope we don't have to do it the other way, but we should feel like we will if we have to. Mr. Speaker, that's exactly what happened. Conspiracy theories and hate are malignant. They do not fade away. We must stand up to them and say enough. Congresswoman Green spent 10 minutes on the House floor defending herself, saying she stopped posting all that crazy stuff on Facebook and Twitter before she was elected. She also blamed the media for amplifying what she said before she joined the House. So in 20, later in 2018, when I started finding misinformation, lies, things that were not true in these QAnon posts, I stopped believing it. And I want to tell you, any source, and I say this to everyone, any source of information that is a mix of truth and a mix of lies is dangerous no matter what it is saying, what party it is helping, anything or any country it's about. It's dangerous. And these are the things that happen on the left and the right. And it's, it is a true problem in our country. So I walked away from those things 
and I decided I'm going to do what I've done all my life. I'm going to work hard and try to solve the problems that I'm upset about. So I started getting involved in politics. You see, school shootings are absolutely real. And every child that has lost, those families mourn it. I understand how terrible it is because when I was 16 years old in 11th grade, my school was a gun-free school zone, and one of my schoolmates brought guns to school and took our entire school hostage. And that happened right down the hall from my classroom. I know the fear that David Hogg had that day. I know the fear that these kids have. And this is why, and I say this sincerely with all my heart, because I love our kids, every single one of your children, all of our children. I truly believe that children at school should never be left unprotected. I believe they should be just as protected as we were with 30,000 National Guardsmen. Our children are our future and they're our most precious resource. I also wanna tell you 9-11 absolutely happened. I remember that day crying all day long watching it on the news. And it's a tragedy for anyone to say it didn't happen. And so that I definitely wanna tell you, I do not believe that it's fake. I also wanna tell you that we've gotta do better. You see, big media companies can take teeny tiny pieces of words that I've said, that you have said, any of us, and can portray us into someone that we're not. And that is wrong. Cancel culture is a real thing. It is very real. And when big tech companies like Twitter, you can scroll through and, and see where someone may have retweeted porn. This is a problem. This is a terrible, terrible thing. But yet when I say that I absolutely believe with all my heart that God's creation is he created them male and female, and that should not be denied when I am censored for saying those type of things, that is wrong. You see, here's the real situation. I decided to run for Congress because I wanted to help our country. I want Americans to have our American dream. I wanna protect our freedoms. This is what I ran for Congress on. I never once said during my entire campaign, QAnon, I never once said any of the things that I am being accused of today during my campaign. I never said any of these things since I have been elected for Congress. These were words of the past, and these things do not represent me. They do not represent my district, and they do not represent my values. But Debbie Wasserman Schultz didn't buy it one bit. The South Florida Congresswoman sponsored the resolution to remove Green from the budget and education committees in the House and described her floor speech as a deathbed confession rather than an apology. Congresswoman Green advocated for the execution of a leader of this House. She advocated for the execution of former President Obama. She encouraged violence against law enforcement and has a long record of racist, anti-Semitic, and Islamophobic comments. She spread cruel conspiracy theories, even claiming the horrific mass school shootings in Sandy Hook and Parkland were staged, and even stalked a young survivor of one of those tragedies, calling him a coward. These are unprecedented comments and actions by a member. No one else on this floor has called for violence against other members and law enforcement. Only one member has done that and refused to back down, and that is the real precedent we are dealing with today. Prior to her floor remarks this afternoon, Congresswoman Green spent this entire week doubling down on her promotion of violence, bigotry, and conspiracy theories. Her response to her critics just yesterday 
was, I won't back down, I'll never apologize. That's the reality of what we're dealing with today with Congresswoman Green. We are dealing with conduct that brings shame on this House, an appointed refusal to denounce or internally police it by Republicans. Congresswoman Green's past support and pre present reaffirmation for violence, intimidation, lies, and racism is dangerous. It is exactly the kind of conduct that helps fuel domestic terrorism. We can't afford to have this kind of violent threat continue, and certainly not from someone in this very House. This is not about whether we find Marjorie Taylor Greene's speech offensive. The point here is that she has promoted and advocated violence, Denying her a seat at committee tables where fact-based policies will be debated and crafted is an appropriate punishment and restraint of her influence. Congresswoman Green chose a dangerous and harmful path into this House, one filled with deliberate lies that fomented violence. Once elected and seated here as a sitting member, she then also chose not only to stand by, but affirm those words and actions. A deathbed, mild walkback of a couple of wild conspiracy theories just moments ago is not enough to prevent her future harm. Importantly, there was no apology for hurt and harm caused, and she did not express regret for the stalking of a teenaged mass shooting victim, nor for life-threatening statements she made or promoted against the leader of this House, and so much more. Now that she's made her choices, the House must limit the future harm and violence that she can invite on this body. The deceptive, inflammatory conduct that fuels such violence cannot be tolerated anywhere, certainly not in this House. The final vote to punish Congresswoman Green was 230 to 199, and it was pretty much a party-line vote with some notable exceptions. South Florida Republicans Mario Diaz-Balart, Carlos Jimenez, and Maria Elvira Salazar all voted against their fellow Republican. They all said it was a matter of conscience, but it's also about re-election. The fear of voter backlash over denial of the Parkland massacre was apparently enough to trump their fears of offending the former president and his most ardent supporters. Your calendar of events starts today with the Tampa Bay Regional Planning Council. They're meeting at 10 in Pinellas Park. The House Democratic co-leader, Evan Jenny, will hold an online media avail at 11 o'clock to talk about issues in the upcoming legislative session. And the Florida Alliance of Planned Parenthood Affiliates will hold an online event to discuss opposition to bills that seek to ban abortions in Florida after 20 weeks of pregnancy. A Florida woman is busted after being accused of engaging in a three-year-long relationship with a student that began when the girl was just 15 years old. 35-year-old Haley Hallmark is a teacher and soccer coach at Ruckel Middle School in Okaloosa County, but she was suspended last week after a teen confided in a teacher at Niceville High School. Hallmark was charged Friday with lewd and lascivious conduct with a student by an authority figure. That is a second-degree felony punishable by up to 15 years in prison. Finally today, a 75-year-old Florida man is charged with exposing himself at the Sleep Number store in Salem, New Hampshire. According to the police report, Eric Jacobs of Fort Myers told a female sales associate he was looking for a mattress, and while they talked, he would climb on and off the beds while slowly and exaggeratedly spreading open his legs. Problem is, he was wearing very short running shorts and was commando, no underwear, so the saleswoman says he was exposing himself every time he tried a different mattress. Jacobs was indicted on a felony charge because he was convicted of similar conduct in Massachusetts back in 1993. If convicted, this Florida man faces up to seven years in prison in New Hampshire. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we continue to plumb the depths of Florida politics. <laughs>